Welcome to the Finance Podcast. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm joined by David Zhao, and we are members of the Finance Club, looking to help Haas students who are interested in finance stay informed about opportunities in finance. How are you doing, David? Doing well, thank you. The idea for this podcast basically came around because we got some feedback last year. Everybody said that they could use some more guidance um, around this whole process. So we thought that this was an interesting way where we could essentially tackle a lot of questions and broadcast it out. So you know, people are generally more informed about the recruiting process. Me, myself, I did the recruiting process last year for investment banking. I did my summer internship at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. I am going back there full time. So I'm just happy to share any lessons learned um, from the entire process. That's what this is about. That's great. Yeah. And we're aiming to do this hopefully weekly, if not bi-weekly. Some of the topics that we might cover on the podcast are technical skills training, such as valuations, modeling. We want to cover the recruiting timeline and some networking tips for coffee chats and also interview tips and collect some stories from prior years like yourself. Also, on a broader sense, I think it'd be interesting to explore different paths in career as well. The finance club is quite broad in scope. At Haas, we do have fintech club, we have the investment club, and I believe there's a new VC club that's launching this fall as well. So we definitely want to cover both sell side, buy side, from iBanking to equities research to PE and VC. Totally agree. So for the scope of this first podcast, I want to touch on what everybody should be expecting um, for the first investment banking recruiting weeks. You know, they kind of creep on you, like it starts pretty early. And at this stage, um, I feel like everybody's preparing for the first coffee chats. So essentially last year, around this time, we were preparing for our first 10 events. Mm-hmm. And we had some initial guidance from the first investment banking speaker series. Mm. Um, but looking back, um, we could have prepared a lot more on our own personal stories. Mm. So I think at this stage, um, it does not make a lot of sense for people to focus on technicals because nobody's going to ask you any technical questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what's very important here is, you know, everybody's going to ask you, you know, what's your background and why do you want to do banking? Right, right. Right. So it's very important to have those things well thought out and something like a story. It could be like, it sounds very simple, but there's actually a lot of work that goes into putting together a very crisp, concise story. Like for us, we kind of refined it as we went throughout the recruiting process. Like my story in January was very, very different than in September. Right. So like what I would encourage everybody to do is kind of jot down everything, you know, like your experiences before Haas and what you've been doing at Haas and just create this very crisp 30 to 90 second story of how your experience have tailored you perfectly for investment banking and why does it make sense? And if you're on the other side, right, if you're an investment banker, what you're trying to hear is this person has the skill sets to be a banker. Mm-hmm. This person has the personality or is the kind of person I want to work with. Mm-hmm. And third, does this person want to be in this office, right? So if you're meeting somebody from the San Francisco office, am I convinced that this person wants to be in San Francisco? Right. Why not in South Bay? Why not in LA? Why not in New York? Right. One of the worst things you can probably say during these 10 events is to be non-specific in where you want to recruit. And some people say, you know, well, I want to do tech, but I'm also interested in healthcare. I want to do New York. I want to do LA. That just tells the recruiter that you're all over the place, right? You want to be very specific and have a very concrete story. Mm, that makes sense. Um, to follow up on that first point of yours, what were some resources, campus resources that you leveraged to help craft that story? So I think Bill Rinfus, Abby Franklin are good resources because they've been in banking. 
CMG is useful, but I primarily use them for behavioral interview prep just because, you know, it's very difficult for someone who has never been in banking to tell you what bankers are looking for. I would also utilize the investment banking speaker series for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are peer advisors, but typically that picks up a little later in September and October. Right. And also use each other, practice your stories with each other, make sure they make sense, critique and readjust. Can you give us a little bit of insight into what this investment banking speaker series, or we'll just refer to as IBSS, is like? It's going to be mostly company presentations. So investment banks are going to come here and present a case, a deal on what they did. And, you know, it's your job to you know absorb as much as you can about the process, um, about what they do at the investment bank, and also to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, you'll have a little minutes to network and say hi to everybody. What I would recommend is to take a lot of notes to know what they do come interview time. It just looks real bad if you go in there and they ask like, so what do you think we do? And then you have nothing. Right. Um, so take good notes, ask good questions. If there's something unclear, do as much research as you can to figure it out by yourself. It's like a really in-depth question and you think it might be interesting to ask the banker. That's something you can follow up on during your you know, own coffee chats. Mm-hmm. And also shows that you've been listening, right? That you're, you have an authentic interest in this space. That makes sense. And does it usually just end promptly at 6 p.m. or does it carry on to a like a little happy hour or networking event afterwards? Uh, it's usually pretty prompt. You guys can always go to happy hour after. But the bankers, obviously, they have stuff to do, so they usually leave right after. Got it. How many bankers come, typically? It can vary a lot. So Goldman came last year with like maybe two, three people. Mm. Um, Barclays came with like 15 people. Wow. So it, uh, it really depends The other aspect of speaker series is the technical questions. Um, This year, we won't be spending as much class time on technicals just because it's stuff that you can learn yourself. Mm -hmm. But we will be assigning homework and quizzes just to make sure that people do the work, which we thought would be a lot more effective than just assigning, you know, here, study, you should know this, you should know that. What we don't want to happen is for people to put it off until December because it really is a lot. Usually what happens is people quickly discovers that it's a lot of work and they just don't have enough time to get to the level of proficiency that you need for interviews. And again, for our listeners, the Finance Club, if you're not part of it, you must join it. ASAP, if you haven't joined it yet, you will be falling behind for the recruiting process. But regarding the Finance Club, they sent out an email this week with applications for Wall Street Prep, which is an amazing resource to learn the different types of modeling from trading comps to uh, your standard DCF and LBO and M&A. And those are probably pretty helpful to get started on before or during the speaker series as well. My two cents is that while it's really helpful uh, eventually for interviews, I think if you follow the assignments given to carry you throughout all your coffee chats, right? In the beginning, they rarely ask any technical questions, right? And if they do, it's, more, it's the basic stuff. Mm. So the speaker series will give you the ammunition for those coffee chats, but the real technical questions come in January during your first round interviews. Makes sense. Um, so I wouldn't go crazy on Wall Street prep yet. Your efforts are much better spent somewhere else for now. For example, your story and um, for researching the other banks. And regarding the story, I, I know two of the things that they've mentioned was to make sure you have like a like a spark or a hook to your story so that you know, within a concise time frame of telling your story, you're leaving something memorable. Do you have any thoughts or advice on that? Yeah, so every word has to have a purpose, basically. And if it's not additive to your case as an investment banker, I would not include it. Bankers typically have very short attention spans, and if you lose them, they will basically just look the other way. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, it's true. 
Let's move on to talking about the tent events a little bit. Those are coming up really quickly. Make sure that you sign up for the tent events on CMG. Uh, they are all posted on there, and hopefully more will be posted. But the first tent event is on September 5th, Wednesday, uh, with William Blair. And then Thursday, September 6th, is with Lazard. So yeah. tell us a little bit about the tent events. So in terms of prep, um, you want to make sure you're dressed appropriately. I don't want to stress too much on this point, but every year I see something. Wear a conservative suit, no pointing lapels, no tuxedos, dark blue or black tie, white shirt or light blue, and then black shoes for the guys. Ladies, we have uh, materials that will be sent out through Investment Banking Speaker Series. I obviously don't know too much about that, but you will have a lot of direction on how to dress appropriately. Everybody should carry a pen and pad. We don't want like phones, right? It's, people don't know what you're looking at on your phone, but if you have a pen and pad, everybody's like, okay, they're taking notes, mm. right? And please take them discreetly. Like don't go and interrogate the banker and don't <laughs> act like a journalist, right? And it, it's fine that like you won't remember everything, but you know, you want to at least leave a good impression, right? The impression is more important than the actual notes. If you can't remember somebody, maybe form a group and then collaborate with each other to get missing notes. The second thing that I found that our class found was helpful was have a mini group to go in and kind of do this together, right? Banking, I, I feel like on the West Coast, people tend to shy away from candidates that are too in your face, right? Too like the candidates that want to stand out too much, right? Because obviously ratio is one banker to like 10 students. We call it the banker circle. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to stand out in those circles already. Mm -hmm. And bankers typically frown on people that monopolize the conversation. Mm. Uh, so how my group did it was that we would kind of talk off each other. Like, for example, the banker says, oh, I'm from Korea. And then I was like, oh, my friend Jamie here's from Korea. So, you know, we kind of talk each other up, but it doesn't look like we're monopolizing the conversation. We're putting the spotlight on us. Rather, we do it for each other. And that actually seemed to work very well because it felt like to them, at least, that we were incorporating each other into the conversation. Right. And we're team players here at Haas. Exactly. That's, that's very valuable. What about questions that you want to prepare ahead of time? For me, I didn't see a point to questions where you, know, you can easily just Google them. Right. I would do as much diligence on the banks ahead of time as possible, just because there's so many resources out there. There's Wall Street, OAS, there's a bunch of forums. I mean, you can pretty much find a decent amount on these banks. Uh, go with questions that get one level deeper. What do you mean by I, that? I think, all right, so for example, if... You know, you already found information on the bank online that says, okay, they're broken up into X, Y, and Z groups. You can ask about, you know, the size of these subsectors in relation to each other, right? So, mm -hmm. for example, if I know that, you know, Bank of America has an M&A office and also a healthcare office and also a technology office, and they're all on the West Coast, I can ask, oh, is that purely in Palo Alto? Is that in San Francisco? How are they split? How many people in each group? Mm. And that kind of goes one level deeper, whereas it's very hard for me to know that off of my own research, but that's only information that they can give me. Right. And it shows to them that I've done some research ahead of time because I already know that these three groups exist on the West Coast versus can you tell me what groups there are? And what are, what are, what are some good resources to do this type well, of research? I think at this stage at 10 events, softball questions are okay. Like how's the culture and whatever. But this is more a FII going forward. Once you start doing the office treks, I would shy away from those softball questions mm -hmm. because at, at one point it's just like, you know, are you kidding? Are you still asking like what the culture is like? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, by then you should know a lot more to ask better questions. Got it. Got it. So following up on the 10 events, when do the coffee chats usually start? Is this something that they reach out to you for or you initiate? 
No, you definitely have to initiate. And last year, we advised people to not reach out right away. Give yourself a week or two because there's a downside, right? If you reach out and you're not ready, then once you fail with one banker, you're basically out of that bank, mm. right? You want that one banker to refer you to the next banker, right? You want to talk to five or six people at each bank. Right. And then you're good. And then you basically got the first round interview. So it's not like you can't reach out right away, but it's just you better make sure that you're ready. And then the point of the 10 event really is just to make sure that they like you because they will talk about you. That's what they do. Right. They compare notes after the 10 events and write down who stuck out. And then every bank has their own spreadsheet. Basically, every time they interface with you, they're writing something down about you. Mm. So you want to leave a good impression of the 10 events. So when you email them, they'll respond back. And I think they respond back to most people. Uh, I think it's just the obvious ones that they don't respond to. Like if you're clearly not a banker, if you said, hi, mm -hmm. this is my name, and then you didn't talk for the next 30 minutes, then they're probably not going to respond to you. Right. But otherwise, they should get back to everyone eventually. Um, if you don't hear back right away, don't panic. It's because they're busy. They will get back to you. <laughs> I would recommend following up every two weeks. I think I followed up with Goldman for like a month before they got to me, but, and it wasn't because like they weren't interested. I eventually did get a super day, but you know, it sometimes just takes uh, a little more time for people to get around to everybody. So David, what are some other things that you think we should be doing at this point, right before the 10 events start? So definitely uh, follow up with CMG, uh, set up recurring meetings with either peer advisors, um, Bill and Abby. And I feel like if you haven't already, now is a good time to start meeting Abby. I feel like there was a period last year, I think October, November, where nobody get a meeting with her just because everybody decided to pile on in the right. middle of recruiting. Yeah. So if you can talk to her earlier and kind of discuss your recruiting strategy with her, talk some things out, I think that's very favorable. Mm -hmm. And also pay attention to the peer advisors. I would highly suggest that you take advantage of them because they have gone through this entire process. But not to say that certain people are better than others, it's just the people that are closer to the recruiting process we'll be able to give you better insight, right? Because it's fresh for them. Right. So one of the tips I received early on was to stay abreast of the deals, you know, at each bank. What are some good resources to kind of stay on top of the, the, the deals, the recent deals or the interesting deals uh, for banks when you go into these um, conversations or coffee chats with the bankers? You know, like I wouldn't bring up deals in the middle of a 10 event if nobody asked you because it just kind of comes off as like, you know, kind of flashy. Got it. Um, but if you are talking about a deal and you're able to bring up one, two, three points, um, it makes you look really good. And then sometimes during the coffee chats, um, bankers will kind of ask, you know, what's the recent deal that you followed? Because mm -hmm. it demonstrates that you have a legit interest in this field. Right. I was actually a little late to the fact set game, but you can yeah. get on your computer and also access it through the Haas Business Library. So I would get on that as soon as possible because you can screen deals on FactSet. Hmm. And if you don't know how to do it, you should definitely learn it now rather than later. The alternative, which is a lot more monotonous task, is that you can scour online sources, right? So you can read the Wall Street Journal. You can look at New York Times deal book. Um, you can look at Reuters, TMT. You can utilize Seeking Alpha's M&A section. And then you can also use TechCrunch uh, for the smaller deals when companies buy startups. But um, I would heavily recommend going with FactSet just because everything's consolidated and organized. You don't have to do any more you know, data massaging. You can literally just get a, on a screen deals sorted by transaction value. You can slice and dice it by industry, bank, and all that stuff.
And that's something we'll link in the description below is the A to Z Berkeley Library Resources. Facts that is like CapIQ and Bloomberg, correct? Right. And it's offered for free. There's a free license that you have to sign up for through the school. So we'll definitely provide a link to that for you guys. I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. So far, we've covered the surface level campus resources, 10 events, coffee chats, and some additional resources for students to look into deals. The next episode will be after Labor Day, the week that 10 events start, and hopefully we can get some background information on William Blair and Lazard for our listeners to consume. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.